Yes, Father God, we are well aware, well aware that there is a war, and we thank you, Lord God, for making us aware because that makes everything make sense. So tuck us into the safety of the palm of your hand. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Let us be wise. You said, um, uh, he that is wise wins souls. It's time to win souls. It's time to harvest in the harvest field. It's time to put away folly. It's time to put away foolishness and what we thought was going on and our ideas and our opinions and put them away. It's time to walk in the integrity and the power of your word, Lord, the power of your promises, and that with God there's nothing that is impossible. So bring us to that place of uh, readiness. Equip us. Make us alert. Father God, we thank you, Jesus, that you showed us the way. You led the way. You made the way. You are the way to get through this mess, and you are that your strong tower, the righteous run into and are safe. Let us, Lord God, throw off all the hidden works of darkness that we've tried to carry and wear and let us walk in the integrity of the light of your truth and the power of your gospel, Father God. And I thank you now, Lord Jesus, for giving us wisdom. You said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not, that you will not scold us. This is something we can ask for. We need it. We ask for more wisdom to understand what's really going on. We ask for words of knowledge, discerning of spirits to know what's really going on. We ask for the power gifts of faith and healings and miracles, Father God, to address what's going on, Lord. And we ask for the the, the ability to pray in the spirit so we can make intercession for what's really going on. I thank you now for giving us wisdom. I thank you for opening our eyes and our ears. I bind every spirit that clogs our brain, brain fog, deaf and dumb spirits, mute spirits, the spirits of stupor, I command you, you are bound in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, now guide us as we go through this uh, time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, this is part two. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We've been talking about, last time we talked about fools and foolishness. And um, so if you miss the part one, you'll be, be, you can pick that up. It's archived and uh, you can also, you know, this is okay. So yeah, you, so you, join you, us you'll now. be okay. Don't feel like you've missed something. So to begin with, we want to just re- recap with one word, verse that's really well known. A fool, uh, a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So the foundation, we had talked about foundations a couple of weeks ago. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So the foundations have been busted up. We've lost our ability. We've lost our minds, basically. Uh, we've lost our way. We don't use the Word of God, the, the, the map, the, the manual anymore that God has given us for the most part, and we're just floundering in foolishness and folly. And, and the people who don't fear God, there is no fear of God in those people. Uh, they don't consider the day of, of recompense or the day of, of, uh, the day of the Lord, the day of judgment, and they're just kind of floundering through their lives and fretting it away. And so, again, the fool has said in his heart, there's no God. And so today we're going to be talking about kind of the areas where this foolishness begins to be uh, appear, where, where it comes from. Well, yeah. Well, the definition of a fool, uh, basically, um, according to in the Hebrew definition, the most commonly used word means uh, basically a windbag. 
In other words, they're, they're just kind of empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, a, a fool is someone who is seriously lacking in judgment, common sense, and wisdom. And, and just I'm going to just do a little brief recap from last time. That, that uh, Just rattle through this. Um, a fool despises wisdom and instruction. They have no delight in understanding they, their opinions. They figure their opinions are the truth. They answer matters before they hear them. They devise foolishness. They mock at sin. They're in. They argumentative. They're angry. They think evil is fun. Um, they're self-confident, quick-tempered, stuff like that. So this is some of the things right. that we talked about last time. And here's we're going to get into the family question now. is yeah where where well, does foolishness fam- foolishness come from? in families mm-hmm. now it's interesting here in Proverbs twenty two, fifteen. Another and I, famous and, and verse. I, and I want to I want to compare this with another verse here. But foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. And then if you go back to verse six. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, or even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, Marjorie, let me ask you this about foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Does that mean that child is bad, um, stupid? Um, no, wh- wh- it means I believe that, mean? that the, the foolishness, the child has to be raised. They have to be trained. They have to be... Uh, unpacked. They have to be taught. They have mm-hmm. to be taught in the ways of righteousness. But t- today, most people do not raise their children. They throw their children in front of the TV or the video screen or whatever they do. And that is all that programming is from Satan, from hell. And these children get all kinds of bad ideas that they, they don't know. They don't know the difference between the truth and the lie because they're not ready yet to discern it because they've only been exposed they're to just basically take, the lie, right. taking in information. They're just taking it in. And so foolishness is bound, and that's why there needs to be a diligent uh, observation and correction. It doesn't mean you have to whip them every time they do something wrong. As a matter of fact, that's really not what God, I think, totally intended. He wants you to sit when they believe a lie, act on a lie, be do something mean, bad, foolish, unbel- you know, whatever. Sit them down and say, you know what, honey? That is not really who you are. You, you, you know, that's what you did, but you are the daughter, son of the Most High God. And it's time for you to know that and act accordingly. So raising a child is kind of like erasing the foolishness and replacing it with the true concepts of God in proverb, the same proverb uh, 22, 17 says, incline your ear and he- hear the words of wisdom of the wise. Apply your heart to my knowledge, for it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you, the words of, of wisdom. Let them be fixed upon your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have instructed you today, even you. Have I not written to you of excellent things, of counsels and knowledge, that I may make you to know the certainty of the words of truth, that you may answer words of, tr- with, of, words of truth to those who sen- I send to you. So he's saying, I'm in, wisdom is saying, I'm instructing you. I'm taking away the foolishness. I'm canceling it out. I'm giving you understanding so that you can help other people understand and be free in the truth. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, mm-hmm. but bring them up, not bring them down. Don't crush them. Uh, in the training and admonition of the Lord. So it's training 
and in the counsel of the Lord, the uh, we could say the advice of the Lord, the word of the Lord, training them. Mm-hmm. Don't provoke them to wrath. To sometimes anger. fathers provoke their children because, number one, they want the child to be like them or they want to, their child to fulfill their dream that they didn't get to do when they were young. And sometimes their expectations are on performance, not on accepting the child, not on looking at the child. What are you really good at? No, no, you're going to be good at this because I want you to be good at this, whatever it is, you know. And so the child feels like a failure, rejected because they are not built that way. And so many children then feel like they are bad or a failure because they, they, they were provoked by their parent. Their parent was immature, probably not as not ready to be a parent. But yeah. they got that position. Right. And he says, train up a child, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that he should go, mm-hmm. not the way that you think he should go. I mean, you want, the, we want our, as parents, because we want our children. Because it discourages them otherwise. Yeah. As parents, we want our children to, to love the Lord and all that. But a wise parent discerns how that child is wired. Well, a lot of children do not have wise parents these days. They have well, they don't have parents, parents at all. Parents, uh, yeah, absent parents, and, and so unavailable. One of the ways that fathers provoke their children, their their sires, mm-hmm. they've they've fathered the kids. I mean, then they walk away physically, and they walk away. They are just gone. Yes, and this verse, this actual verse, fathers don't provoke your children is just a few verses before in Ephesians in chapter 6 where he's, where he's talking about spiritual warfare. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So <clears throat> one of the ways that the enemy gets set up to win is when fathers do provoke their children and the children give up and go do stupid, foolish things because they can't make anybody happy anyway. And they're taking their cues from their parents and the parents aren't there, the parents aren't happy, the parents aren't, aren't wise. And that's one way that we provoke our children to wrath is because right. yeah. we're not there. And that's what there. they do. They get mad. Look not, what they're doing in their wrath. They're not there. They're, they're doing horrible things, vicious things, shooting up schools, uh, stealing cars, um, just all kinds. Of, you can fill in the details. We don't have to take the time. But they're full of wrath and they're full of disobedience. So foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. And and the, the, the rod of correction, and that doesn't mean the rod necessarily. That means instruction that means spending time with sitting down and reading with them you know paying an example feeding feeding them well instead of feeding them junk food and sugar it's it's just it you know what it, raising children is not a sideline to your life at that point where they're in your home that that is your main calling and you do everything to do that you go to work to do that you wash the dishes to do that you Whatever is to raise the children, but we we the children become like a an, an addition, an add on, you know. And sometimes I think we take better care of our pets than we do our children. Yeah, that's but right. People, going back to foolishness, mm-hmm. however, that was just an aside. Well, another thing too is well, fathers. What about mothers? In Proverbs fourteen one, it says, "Every wise woman builds her house, mm-hmm. but the foolish." Pulls it down with her hands. With her words. What you are know, we talking about well, here? Well, we're talking the, about... A foolish woman that's pulling down her whole household. Well, here's the deal. There's a father and a mother and a family, children. And the mother is, sets the atmosphere. She's the one who, I, I believe, is kind of the spiritual atmosphere of the home. If she's crabby, if she's sick, if she's not attentive, if she's narcissistic, if is she's bitter... Like then like, everybody in the family is is not doing well. You it know. is like the old saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Well, it's kind of like that, yeah. yeah. 
and but mom can get contentious. She can get frustrated. Um, you know, her job is to respect her husband and build him up. But what if he's not there? What if he doesn't That's care? Right. What if he's out, you know, doing other things, having affairs, drinking, carrying on? And so she's either going to have to take on both positions, uh, father and mother, providing here and there, or become bitter, angry, and upset, and contentious with her husband, trying to control him, trying to make him do something, which is just a total futile waste of your time mm-hmm. to try to make anybody do anything because... If they can be talked into it, they can be talked out of it. So just have to let them learn on their own. But as far as children, that's not the same. You sp- stop them. You look in their eyes. You say, honey, this is whatever, whatever. Give them a hug. You can do this. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. Because kids need to be encouraged that they're not going to be abandoned. Um, and and But a contentious wife is usually angry and frustrated, irritated, and for a couple of reasons maybe. Maybe her th- thyroid isn't working right. And I know that a lot of people, women who have bad thyroids, um, are irritated, irritable, and difficult to live with. I get that. But that's that biological, physiological thing is coming from a spiritual agreement. All of your physical, biological things start out as a spiritual agreement. Um, and so she's contentious. She's mad. Maybe she's wanted a career, and now she's stuck raising children. She's just crabby. Um, so it's difficult. A contentious woman doesn't understand who she is or the the power of her position to change the world. Yeah, and if she's not being loved and nurtured by her husband, yeah, in the in the true sense, if he's just he's present but he's absent, he's yeah. thinking about work, yeah. he's thinking about his friends, he's thinking about oh himself, you know, himself, himself, himself. I think so many men, you know, men are more. I, I'm not saying women don't aren't tempted with this, but men are really out there. They, they've got to, you know, they're afraid. They have to be careful. What will people say? What will people think? I want this job promotion. I've got to, you know, play the, by the rules, da, da, da. And so this idea of self-examination and man fear, what will people think and say, is just always on them. And I think that that's their focus. That's their distraction. And so they don't, they're not confident enough in who they are to love their wives and be confident in that love and take on the job of being a father, caring for and protecting this precious family. And so foolishness just is bred, contention is bred in this midst of, uh, and, and people, you know, the foundations are not being built, they're being destroyed. Proverbs seventeen twenty five: a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. So, so that's the fruit, really, I mean, look at it. A foolish son is grief to his father. So if the if the father isn't raising the son properly, then what's going to happen? He's going to be a grief. Yes. He's going to be. Bring, he's going to go off and doing really stupid things. Yeah. Now the thing is, here's an issue too. Is you can have a great father, mm-hmm. and you can have a son that has got the uh, gone wild. That's yeah. that's just gone and done really stupid. Why things. would that happen? They've been raised in the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, you see all uh, a lot of examples yeah. in the Old Testament. Kings, very godly, wonderful yeah. kings, had uh, sons that were just total, totally rebellious. But and usually, it, it, unbelievable, you can have a Manasseh or Manasseh for a father, and then you can have a Josiah for a grandson. Yeah, it's like okay, and, and you so evil, evil fathers had great sons. Yeah. So you have both of it. So there is no real um, predictability. But let me go back to what you said. Uh, You can be a good father 
and you can have a renegade son. Well, here's a couple of things. Number one, maybe you look like a good father. Maybe you're a good provider. Maybe you um, mm. do all that. But somehow you've not been able to connect with them at the core of their being and letting them know that they are loved and, and mm-hmm. you are proud of them or whatever. Mm-hmm. The other option might be that they were born with a spirit. Uh, and nowadays, the, the kids are out of control. They're born demonized. I mean, a lot they were in the Old Testament too. They were in the New Testament early. Um, the woman whose daughter, he, Jesus came, or the, the woman came to Jesus and said, my daughter's at home sorely vexed with a demon. Well, he, obviously she's a child of some sort or maybe a young younger woman, but I don't know how old she was, but she was sorely vexed with a demon. I believe kids are born with demons these days because of the, the in, increased intensity of the enemy breaking into the bloodlines and things that went okay for a while because there's more demons now and there's more homeless demons and there's more pressure on them to find a home that they're doing, they're, they're, they're taking on innocence, they're taking on infants, they're taking on any opportunity and the parents are absolutely out to lunch. They do not know that, that the kids who are born with the, they don't pray over them. They just say, Oh no, my kid is colicky. Oh no, my kid is this and that. They take it to the doctor. Oh no, they have a high fever. Oh, ta, ta, ta. they don't ever. I mean, they just don't get it. Stop that spirit in its, in its tracks and say, no, you will not. You know, I did radio shows a long time ago. I was on a it doesn't matter where it was, but anyway, I I'd mentioned one day, one time that then people would call in and this one woman, she had a son who had severe pain, lots of pain, just crying, screaming all the time in pain. And I said to her, I said through the radio show, I said, rebuke the pain, bind it, command it to leave. And she did that. And guess what? Her son stopped crying. And you say, well, I've tried that. I've tried rebuking a fever and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, a lot of times we try things for about four minutes or two minutes, and then we go to the other way and we're going to go do something else. And then we give up and we get double-minded. And James says a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. So, you know, there's a lot of, of, of fear that takes hold. Oh no, what's going to happen? But in, if you didn't have a doctor, if you didn't have a medicine, what would you do? Would you get desperate enough to go to the Lord and cry out for your child and, and get some spiritual results? that might be something to look at. But that's going back to fear, foolishness, um, and, and again, children, foolishness bound in the heart of a child, fretting, spirits, fear, all these kinds of things. Yeah, and then in, in Luke uh, chapter 12 and verse 15 through 21, we're seeing here about the um, a fool. We're talking about foolishness that would be bound in the heart of a child. Foolishness that can be expressed through mothers, fathers, mm-hmm. lack of fruit mothers of and fathers. And the, the, fruit, the fruit of mm-hmm. foolishness. But here's another example of, of foolishness is the, the parable of the rich fool. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you can, be, you can be poor and you can be a fool. You can be rich and you can be a fool. You can be middle class and you can be a fool. Mm-hmm. And so this guy was wanting his inheritance divided and he was covetousness, covetousness, not coveting. covetous coveting. <laughs> about the coveting this. And Jesus said, uh, verse 15 of Luke 12, he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness or all covetousness for one's life does not consist in, in the, the abundance, abundance of the things, things he, he possesses. possesses. And then he yeah. tells a story. He spoke his parable uh, to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded 
plentifully. And he thought within himself, here's, here's the foolish part, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? I mean, I guess it's a practical situation. Mm-hmm. We got so much green here, so much fruit from the ground, where we're going to put it all. And he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, Mm-hmm. And there I will store my crops and my goods. Now, that, that, that's, that's all wise. That's, that's good. That's good. I mean, Maybe. farmers would do the same thing. They got more land. They need more grain bins and stuff. Verse 19, and I will say to my soul, here's the problem. I will say to my soul. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> take it easy. You have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Mm-hmm. Be Eat, drink, and be merry. Coast. Just go along. Just enjoy the fruits of your labor here. Have a good time. Sit back and relax. You know, go to Florida for the winter. Uh, Anyway, but God said to him, but God said to him, so he was able to hear from God, you fool, this night your soul will be required of you, and then whose will those things be which you have provided? And he said, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So the foolish man, he's, the parable is about covetousness and thinking about yourself and gathering things for your own little nest and your security and your safety. And I believe that right now in these days, there are many, many who don't have enough little twigs and sticks to build a bird nest for themselves, let alone share with others. But there are some who have been blessed. They have money. They have big houses. They have four or five houses. They have million-dollar houses. And then you have people on the other side of the street who can't even get into an apartment and they're sleeping in their cars. And so this is not right. And so the covet, right now is the perfect time for you to get rid of some stuff, downsize, make it manageable, and give alms to the poor. Help people out. Or if you got a big house, you know, maybe you should stop thinking about just you in that big house. Maybe you should open up some rooms and find some people that you can mentor and bring in. I'm not saying bring in anybody off the street. You have to have wisdom. But some way we can begin to use our treasures and our blessings to be a uh, a blessing to others. And because it's going to get worse and our treasure, where our treasure is there, our heart will be. If your treasure is on earth, it's all going to be taken away. You know, riches have wings and they fly away. There is no one. I mean, you may think you have money. You've been bought out by the devil. You've he's given you, paid you well. <clears throat> but there is he he's going to take it all back you with the devil it's only on loan until you fulfill your part of the contract and then he takes it away so but with god there's true riches and don't be foolish and think that you can sit and coast through all of this when everybody else is is scrambling for their very lives don't think that give your get, get into the into that into the battle help people um and this means you again have to have wisdom you can't just give helter-skelter, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to know how to give things and do things uh, and, and, and do it right, because otherwise it's going to be a folly and a folly to you. But this, this, the third way that we kind of go into a place of foolishness is in the church. The church is probably the most, what's the word? It, it, a lot of Laughing times, stock, you really, know, a lot actually. Of times, unfortunately, the church becomes the habitation of fools. Uh, yeah, and demons. And I'm sorry, people... <gasps> Because, you know, I've been in the church a long, long time. But in Romans, I, you know, first of all, Paul is talking about this problem. In Romans, first of all, he's, he talks about mixing the gospel of grace and good news, which is a simple gospel of grace and good news. You receive the good news and God gives you grace 
to live in this world, as you accept his gift of salvation, his gift of healing, it's not complicated. It's just because he loves you. There's no strings attached. He did everything so that you and I could be with him forever in heaven. And many times the devil says, well, what's, what's, what's the cost here? What's the, well, there is a cost, obviously following Jesus costs you everything, but at the same time, it is nothing you could do for yourself. God gave it to us. It's a gift. And, but people have, Satan says, no, 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 we can't have it so easy. Grace is too easy. We have to continue to mix the law in with grace to make people afraid that they're making God mad, that they've sinned, that they've done something wrong. And therefore, Satan con- continues to manipulate, pull the strings through the legalism, the law, to, to manipulate people into feeling that God is mad at them, that they did something wrong. They got to be good. They got to try harder. When the truth is they really were built by God to want to be good in the first place. Yeah. So Satan says, but wait, there's more. So here's the deal. This is the strategy he used in the garden with Eve. Wait, there's more. You've got God. You're walking with God all the day long. But wait, there's more. There's more to know. There's the more. knowledge of the You've tree. You've got to have this. Yeah. Wait, there's more. And and another thing, too, that's this, is, the, this is what he does mm-hmm. with the gospel of grace and good news. Yeah, yeah. He says, okay, yes, you're saved by grace through faith. But wait, there's more. So wait a minute. What's the more? Um, <laughs> what is the more? Yeah. More is less, less is more. Well, because the more is adding something that doesn't belong Adding something that doesn't belong, Mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm. So uh, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, Oh, foolish Galatians. Who has the Foolish Galatians. He's calling, basically he says, you guys are very foolish. You believers in the area of Galatia here are, are foolish because who has bewitched you? Wait a minute. You've come under a spirit of witchcraft, mm-hmm. and there's so much witchcraft in the Church of Jesus Christ these days. Yeah, and you that you should not obey the truth. They stop believing the truth. They stop believing the pure gospel, the simple gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And they were putting, adding to it what Paul had talked about in Romans. He said um, they'd mix the gospel of grace and good news, and he and and it says there, if you do that. Uh, even to this present time, there's a remnant according to the election of grace. But if, but if by grace, and if by grace, then it is no longer works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace, and works is no longer works. So the thing is, they were used to the the law, all the mandates of the law, all the ordinances and the statutes and the rituals and the traditions, and so they were tempted, pulled, drawn back into serving God in the Old Testament style. And here, here's the foolish part of this in Galatians uh, 3, uh, 2 and 3. This only I want to learn from you, Paul says. Okay, let's, let me, let me, tell me, tell me about this. He said, answer this question. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He says, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, mm-hmm. are you now being made perfect mm-hmm. by the flesh. So what words, is the fruit? Yeah. So he says, okay, think about let's think about this here. Let's be let's be logical here. Nothing wrong with being logical at times, thinking through things. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Um well um by faith, that they would have to say. And he says, Are you so foolish? No, okay. You received the Spirit, through faith, not through 
trying to keep the works of the law. Which you failed at. You know, obey, mm-hmm. obey, obey, and then you can get the Spirit. No, just receive the Spirit. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? You started out well. Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Mm-hmm. In other words, you start you out in the progress? Spirit, and yeah. then you're, you're switching over here. Yeah. You're switching You're going this. back. Mm-hmm. Make, you're switching over to working again to perfect through being good. And the, it, got, it gets to the point where it says, um, he says, is, there's not a, is there not a wise man among you? Mm-hmm. In other words, you guys are really, you're being foolish here. Well, if you go back you're to being Romans, stupid. he says that if they reject the love of the truth, God will send them a strong delusion or send a spirit of stupor upon them eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear to this very day. So they don't even know they're being caught up into the spirit of foolishness and going back to being bewitched, mesmerized, stupefied, uh, deceived by the spirit of religion and witchcraft. And so the stupor brings on them uh, heavy hearts, depression, a stumbling block, a table that's a recompense, uh, trouble, and uh, anxiety. So they're in that. So Romans, the stupor in Romans, and the foolish bewitching in Galatians, demons, religion that are trying to take away from the people the power of the gospel, the power to do miracles, the power to heal the sick. And if that power is taken away, or mes- or, or, or um, mingled with other things, it loses its power. Then the gospel is no different than any other gospel. So the thing is. Satan was after the power gifts. He was after the miracles, the demonstration that authorizes that gospel as the one true gospel. Mm-hmm. Demonstration of the spirit and power. So here's the deal. It doesn't mean that we don't work. It doesn't mean, but it's the spirit of God. We're not earning salvation right. through following we're producing. a certain set, of, set we're, of rules. We're not working. We're producing. We're, we're like a, a, the, the branch abiding mm-hmm. in the vine. So... The branch is producing. You could say, well, the branch is working to bring forth an apple, but really the branch is just abiding and hanging in there and out of that hanging out and abiding in Jesus. It produces the fruit. So it's a totally different concept. It's not like you are doing a lot of things. It's like you're being a branch, not doing a branch. You're being a branch. You're you're hanging in there. The the love and life and power authority of Jesus is flowing through you. That's it. And that brings a production not and that's good. I mean, we need fruit. We need apples and bananas. Yeah, and, I like the way you said it. The life, love of Jesus, and power of Jesus is bringing the fruit through you. It's not your own effort. It's not you trying. Mm-hmm. It's you just uh, trusting, resting, mm-hmm. abiding, yeah. letting the life of Jesus Christ flow through you. This is why, you know, that you say when you come to Christ, well, I've I've got a, a changed life. Well. Not really. I mean, you didn't have life before. You were spiritually dead. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is now is it's an exchanged life. It's the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son, Son of, of God, God who loves me and gave himself for you. I, I cru- I, I'm crucified with Christ, Paul said. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but what Christ, Christ lives, lives in, in me. me. So it's the the fruit of the life of and Jesus. And the life that I now made, live. Made, it, made manifest by the Spirit of God living in us and mm-hmm. flowing through us, and operating says, through yeah, us. Yeah, he says the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So the Son of God, it, you and I don't have enough faith to beat the devil at his game. The faith of, you know, did he do it, is it right, double-minded, all this kind of stuff. I can't do that. 
I have to call on the faith of Jesus. Yes, I have faith in Jesus Christ, that he is faithful. And then I have to see the faithfulness of Christ to bring me through these horrific challenges to faith because I cannot be strong enough to say, no, 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 I'm just going to believe no matter what, no matter what. You know, I, I, I do believe, I do believe I'm built by God to believe and stand and know and trust the truth of the word of God. I, that we are built to, but we have to let the battle uh, become the Lord's because he, it, it's the faith of Jesus. They change those prepositions in the New King James in the second or third versions around here, but they're always doing stuff like that. But it's the faith of Jesus. I've got your faith. Your faith is what's going to heal me. Your faith is what's going to deliver me. It is your your faithfulness that's going to bring produce this fruit in my life because I am your workmanship created in Christ Jesus, Father God, unto good works. So there's a lot more resting to all of this and abiding than we might think. And we, we're not used to that. We're used to working and fr- fretting and scrambling and, and trying to take care of ourselves like the rich fool. We're, we're always trying, but we don't realize like with the fool that today could be your last day. You could have this big plan to build this skyscraper, to buy this field, to whatever you're going to do, and your life could be done. And you, you, it came upon you suddenly. You were shocked. You were caught off guard. You hadn't prepared for that day. You prepare for the days of your soul, but not the days of your eternal life and salvation and, and spirit. So that's how I see this um, with what, what's, you know, entrapping people today, the fear, trying to live and survive in the present moment, being afraid, being foolish, shredding. But Father God, we praise you, Lord, that you are, it is your faith, Jesus. It is your strength, your life that produces in us the fruits of righteousness, peace, and joy unto eternal life and the power of of the gospel comes through the Holy Spirit who contains and carries and, and administers the power gifts, the gifts of faith, miracles, and healings, along with all the wisdom and knowledge and discerning of spirits, Father. So we ask you now to prepare our hearts to let go of what's not right and what doesn't work and all the demonic attachments to our faith. Just cut them off, break them off. I command these spirits of stupor and bewitching and folly and foolishness and religion, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to be manifested now in the, the soul, the mind, the heart, the understanding of whoever's listening. I command you to come up. The light of God's truth is exposing you and the sword of his word, which you know is able to separate even to the dividing of bone and marrow, thought and intention, soul and spirit is separating you lying spirits, you inhabitors, you um, squatters, <coughs> separating you from them you have no more right or jurisdiction. Take your rat's nests, take your strongholds, take your mindsets, your belief systems, your poisons and toxins and templates and programming in your body of death operating software and go out, get out, go to the exit door and go to the pit. Go to the pit in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, inside, you're in there, sweep the house. Sweep out all the debris, the garbage, the lies, the fear, the, the, the confusion that Satan has left behind. Sweep it out and give them a fresh new desire for your word, God. Equip the soldiers. It's time to stand and having done all to stand, to withstand in the evil day. Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 9, 6. Let's all do this. Forsake foolishness and live, and go in the way of understanding. Amen. Go in the way of righteousness and understanding. By the way, check us out at liferecovery.com. Uh, again, we're doing a workshop on May 6th, and that's a couple days from when you're going to be hearing this. 
uh, and we want you to, it's called Healing and Deliverance in New Hope, Minnesota at Valiant Church, free, open to the public from 10 to 3. We'll be doing man, uh, deliverances there as well, healing and deliverance. We're talking about how they connect, uh, how demons can be messing up your healing, etc. And then also check us out at liferecovery.com. There's many things you can get a hold of to help you. One would be, again, God on Trial, the audiobook. Check it out. How many times do we have to present it? Many, but people, it's a good thing. You'll love it. You'll like it. It's a, it's a, each episode is 28 minutes. There's 28 episodes and um, they're there for your help, encouragement. Your children will love them. If you love uh, Odyssey and, 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 you know, storybooks, the things that the enemy tries to keep us from having the true revelation of God and his truth. This is powerful. This is well done and it's inspiring. It will help you. It will encourage you, and it will help you understand your faith. God on Trial, episode one, two, three, four, are all in the same packet if you buy it on a CD. God bless you. Have a great day. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.